You're listening to China Africa Talk. Jambo ni Bridget akikuletea kipindi kinachohusiana na China na Africa. Vous écoutez le dialogue sino-africain avec Bridget. Everything China, everything Africa. Olá, você está ouvindo China Africa Talk com Bridget. Sayidati wa sadati, marhaban bikum. Fi al-hawar al-siniyya al-arabi ma'a Bridget. Listeners, a pleasure having you tuned into China Africa Talk, the program that brings you news and opinions from a Chinese and African perspective. I'm your host, Bridget Mutambira, coming to you from the Chinese capital in Beijing. This week, we continue our second segment of our discussion on the Hangzhou Asia Games, which run from the 23rd of September to October the 8th in China's eastern city of Hangzhou. Again, just a little bit of a background. The Hangzhou Asian Games is the third of its kind to be hosted in China, after Beijing in 1990 and Guangzhou in 2010. It is also the largest international sporting event held in China since the Beijing 2022 Olympic Games. This year, more than 12,000 athletes from 45 Asian countries and regions are competing. And apart from making use of cutting-edge technologies and initiatives by organizers to make it the first carbon-neutral games, the games debut some emerging sports that are quite popular among young people, such as e-sports and breakdance. Today, we continue our chats with Francis Mtalaki from Kenya, Kaja Adams from Ghana and Walter Yamkondiwa from Zimbabwe. Our guests will share what they think about the city, the games, and what the season's slogan of heart to heart says about connecting people in Asia through sports. Were there other features that you guys could pick or can recall that were related to environmental protection besides the torch that you guys highlighted and the issue of carbon emissions? Was there anything else that you guys observed? I think briefly from uh, my knowledge, maybe uh, the little time that I've been there, mm. I think uh, in terms of disposal of uh, any litter, okay, litter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you could feel that uh, from the onset, once you're given anything, it is well kept and you are, you have, you have you could be able to tell you can stay with it and therefore you can be able to see some of the littering places around there. Okay. And also... I think uh, the organizers used the opportunity to raise awareness okay. and to show that uh, this is doable and the efforts that are being made in terms of uh, climate change. Mm. Uh, okay, China is leading the way in terms of applying technology uh, to assist in the whole aspect of uh, the climate change because mm. it is here with us. And uh, they say that uh, these the human-to-human activities that we cause more harm in terms of uh, the climate change and you could tell that if we can be able to deal with it at the human to human aspect mm-hmm. then a lot can be achieved for me that interaction and to be able to raise awareness between ourselves uh, stood out and the use of technology so well, what else was there for you that signals look we're going green we we protecting our environment one of uh, the most prominent thing Uh-huh. that came through for me yeah. was the human factor. Okay. I realized that um, the tone you set, mm-hmm. when you get into a clean environment, right. it, it subconsciously sends a message to you <laughs> that you have to maintain it clean. Right. So that was amply demonstrated okay. at the venues. Then you have people who are prepared to mm-hmm. do all the all the work so mm. so to speak mm. 
you know, you had volunteers there mm-hmm. uh, literally for everything. Okay. People would show you directions. People would show you where to place litter if it so happens that you have litter. <laughs> if you get excited, you're like, wow, and you're throwing up your cup everywhere. <laughs> you, you, when usually when people don't have, <laughs> people don't have a clearly marked or places to dump litter, mm-hmm. they usually take it upon themselves to just drop, drop it anyway. Mm. But it depends on the environment that you find. Mm-hmm. If you find the environment squeaky clean, mm. you think twice You're before discipline yourself. In, in any piece of <laughs> so I would say maybe the first thing is to make it very difficult for, it shouldn't be easy. It mm-hmm. shouldn't come naturally to you to just uh, throw litter anyway. And that means you set the right environment mm. for people to then act in a certain way. But that addresses the, the mental term. Uh, aspect of people so we give credit to the organizers i would give credit to the organizers uh-huh. because um one in terms of the number of people that were there yes uh waiting to assist right whoever was was at the venue mm-hmm. was i would say appropriate there oh. was a, a huge contingent of of people waiting to assist mm. waiting to give direction Mm. So, in so doing, it means that you won't struggle to deal with litter because uh, everything term. is 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 with, uh, within reach. So, I think the organizers have put in a lot of work in terms of addressing the human human side of things uh-huh. to act in a certain way. Uh. So, I'm I'm learning a lot in terms of um, how China does its things. Sports is said to bring people together. When we look at the slogan of heart to heart at this year's Asia Games, what does this say about connecting people in Asia through sports? Can I come in? Sure, please, Adams. Well, I think the theme was very timely because football, for that matter, is the passion of the nation. Mm -hmm. I know there are other games, but football, they say, is the passion of the game okay and then the theme heart to heart yes bringing people together right it means no matter what problems you are going through any issues challenges mm-hmm, mm-hmm. this is games mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so we need to respect each other mm-hmm. we need to come together right embrace the friendship enjoy the game whoever wins will go because right. it is more or less like an annual affair mm-hmm. so if you ask me I would say the theme is very, very timely. Mm. Francis, you being quiet. We're talking about the slogan of heart to heart at this year's Asia Games. What does this say about connecting people in Asia through sports? For me, I think um, I would want to use an example that I saw by myself. Okay, please. Uh, through one of one of my colleagues who are fellow journalists, but from the Asian community. Okay. Uh, I think you guys are aware of Augusto. I was sitting uh, next to, just behind him. Okay. And you could feel that uh, when his country, the flag was uh, moving Which country is he stadium. from? Which country? Laos. Blau, okay. From okay, okay. Uh, yeah. So the gentleman, he, you could feel the guy was having some, you know, I would call them tears of joy, uh. literally <laughs> crying and so happy. 
to me, um, when we talk about heart to heart, um, it brings the picture of what what it really feels to see your country participate. Yes. And uh, next to me was uh, my was a colleague from Kuwait uh-huh. uh, was carrying uh, the flag from Kuwait. That feeling part of the, oh. the, the event. And, and you could see, uh, really, it means a lot uh, wow. for, for them. And then coming back to us, being in that stadium and uh, the celebrations that were happening, you could connect mm. a lot of uh, things that uh, the Asian community do. You mm. could begin to appreciate, uh, mm. you know, this kind of culture, the how they usually dance, would want to dance, uh, you know like them to be able to and also i remember you know some of the friends that we've made uh, we've made some friends here from the asian community right you we could be now begin to appreciate some of the moves how they do their for me it's also a learning experience seems like you had and, your dancing uh, shoes on when you were at the games there <laughs> yes and, and, and i moved literally <laughs> i literally moved from my seat and went in front of the the, the participants Try and get the moves and to to, to learn a bit, hmm. so which is quite interesting. Yeah, you know? sure. Football is sports is all about enjoying. Sports hmm. is about being happy. Yeah. And uh, I was happy, I was satisfied, and, and I've learned a lot in terms of the culture and hmm. how they do their things. Also, you begin to appreciate some of these cultures and begin to say yes. I think it's one of it's the best workable. ways to connect each hmm. other, be able to see what other peoples around the world are doing. Hmm. Walter, did you also get your dancing shoes on? Were you also connecting? Tell us what you say about connecting people in Asia through sports, backed by the slogan of heart to heart. Okay, maybe let me start by saying I'm not a good dancer, <laughs> but um, I, all I know is I, <laughs> I was enjoying myself. Yeah. Uh-huh. The atmosphere and uh, the, um, the camaraderie, uh-huh. the, the joy. I think it was just palpable. Okay. Everyone, it... It, it it just feel uh, that uh, everything was was okay at okay. that moment everything everything under the earth was okay uh-huh. but i i want to go to the theme of um the asian games the heart to heart which mm-hmm. is to heart mm-hmm. i would like to think from my little corner this theme is bigger than the asian games okay it's bigger than sport if this theme was applied in every aspect of our life sure. as a world, uh-huh. I think the world would be a better, better, much, much, much better mm. place. Mm. I, I think whenever there are conflicts, whenever yeah, there are sure. if that theme of heart to heart becomes the talking point, yeah, sure. I think much of the problems or the challenges that we face mm. in the world would overnight disappear right. or not even be there right sure that's true so that's, yeah. that, that's what i'm drawing from from that theme. greater meaning if at all it can it can be taken further right to to be maybe the theme of the century <laughs> uh, <laughs> sure. the, the theme of the day uh-huh. i'm sure it will have an impact in the direction that the world will go or is going yeah so you were touched you were touched and i guess another thumbs up to the organizers if it's actually connecting to you that way 
because I also believe sports shouldn't just leave you with that um, physical thrill, but it should also send another message. And it's nice that it caught you in that way, you know, in terms of bringing peace and and apply it to the rest of the world. That would be it would make the world a better place. I would be I would be happy if it is adopted maybe by the United Nations. Mm, or... Sure. This year's Asian Games introduced esports for the first time. Kojo, are you a fan of esports? And did you visit the esports venue when you attended the games? Before I answer that, I just okay. want to talk briefly about the theme, which is the heart to heart. Okay, okay. Uh, okay. I remember when I sat, I was close to my colleague uh-huh. journalist uh-huh. who is from thailand okay okay and the moment they mentioned her name she was so so excited <laughs> to the point that she she even changed her outfit Aww. purposely for the Aww. opening ceremony yes yes mm-hmm. because i was very very close with her so mm-hmm. when the program was about to start mm-hmm. she went to the washroom She's like, I have dress to, I have to. Mm. oh that's lovely so when they mentioned her name she stood up, we clapped for her, uh-huh. we took pictures. Oh. That excitement oh. was, was, was there. The mood, the background. I'm not a good dancer, all right, but <laughs> I also joined in celebrating the mood. Uh-huh. It was a good sight for us to, oh. to witness. Uh-huh. It was so, so touching. Uh-huh. And then Nepal, we also had colleagues from Nepal okay. and then Vietnam. Okay. We introduced the same gesture to them. And it was a welcoming situation. How about um, esports? Are you a fan of esports? I love football. Okay. Football is my food mm-hmm. because I play as my hobby. Okay. But with electronic games, I, I love to watch some of them mm-hmm. the skating, the table tennis, mm-hmm. and the rest. But mm-hmm. football is my discipline, which I like most. And you, would you, given the chance to play it via like esports way? Or traditional ways, but what would you prefer? Oh, there's no harm. I, I could try. Mm-hmm. I could try. But the traditional one is my favorite. Works for you but better. Yes, sure, sure, sure. <laughs> okay. Um, France's traditional Chinese culture has long regarded physical fitness as an important characteristic. Do you feel African and Chinese people love sports, or are there specific countries that you'd say are into sports? If I got it right, I think both African and, and the Asians, I think they love sports. But okay. uh, deep down, it will still narrow down to specifics. Right. I think each country loves uh, sports. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, sports connects. It could be maybe back in Kenya, we love a lot of athletics because we perform well. Mm-hmm. And so be so it will be so maybe China performs well in badminton, mm-hmm. they will tend to lean more on that. Mm-hmm. But generally, you would not uh, say that there are no Chinese that maybe they don't love, they don't love football. Mm-hmm. And uh, there are quite a number of people that uh, love football in China. For me, that is the impression that came out. That you got. I got your question right. Okay, and how about uh, Kojo and Walter? What would you say? Do you feel African and Chinese people love sports or are there specific countries that you would say are into sports? I would say the Chinese do love sport. Okay. Even in Africa, mm-hmm. so we do love sport. But one one aspect maybe that I would want to point out is that China has made it accessible. Mm-hmm. They are 
parks everywhere. Okay, okay, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Even if I'm coming from doing my, my, my shopping, I can even decide to do one or two spots right, along yeah. the way because it's available. Right. For some, it's sort of a lifestyle, especially the older generation, mm-hmm. from my own observation. They make time to just... Maybe walk around and then uh, play uh, like table tennis, badminton. You can mm. do it anyway. Yeah. Which shows the, the consciousness in terms of the excitement of sport and also the the benefits, um, which, which is uh, maintaining fitness. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is the sporting culture. So- yeah. The- mm-hmm. uh, it's a sporting culture. Mm-hmm. In the African sense, maybe in some countries, most probably the majority of countries it's, it's maybe about the, the infrastructure issue and also the fact that um it, it has not turned out to be a culture for most for most people. So the interesting find, part though you find lots of sportsmen coming out of africa so you so how does that work we well, don't find them don't we don't find people playing uh, sports as, you know, as you would in the parks and stuff like that, but you have lots of sportsmen coming out of there. Where does this all happen? What happens here? I, I think it's uh, through the education system. Okay, okay. Someone identified as a sports person uh-huh. and maybe they nature the talent and the desire to, to play the sport. But maybe why I, I, I said in China it's it's a culture, it's because you find the vast majority of people doing it. If they're not doing it as a form of transportation, right. like when you ride bicycle, yes. you're also exercising. Yes of, yes, of course. So that's why I'm saying it has somehow evolved into a culture. Mm. If they are not meditating or stretching or doing all sorts of things, they are doing something else, mm. which is different from back home. When someone is now out of the school system yeah. or, or they've graduated from the school system, to then maintain that That's sports attitude, that that, that attitude of, of, of sport, it, it becomes difficult. Uh-huh. And so you find it, it also affects mobility. Mm-hmm. And in old age, you find people can't move that much compared to the old people that you find in China. Just to wind off, I'm going to, Kojo, I'm going to skip that question for you, but I'm going to ask um, all of you, though, because you're from different countries, from what you've observed so far at the Games, can Africa pick a leaf from China? What can you pick so far in terms of sports and sports organization, you know, hosting of games and stuff like that? Francis, maybe perhaps you first. Yes, I think the key highlights for me and something to learn has to do with uh, how we prepare our games, uh, how we able to align them to a certain theme that will be able to disseminate information to locals and the people around, mm-hmm. and also to have that uh, coordination all through, mm-hmm. given that uh, Kenya, Uganda, and Tanzania won the bid to host the AFCON 2027. Mm-hmm. So some of the things that maybe can be learned from is the coordination, mm-hmm. participation, and meeting those deadlines and to be able to create an atmosphere that connects everyone mm-hmm. with the culture and the use of technology and to have a theme that will stand out mm-hmm. after the end maybe has, uh, has, has ended. Mm. And more, more importantly, in our official opening games, we need if it's a sporting event, let's connect and let's have less of you know speeches and uh, people <laughs> talking around. But 
people coming to enjoy mm. the sport that uh, they are coming to watch and they're coming to celebrate and to be able to welcome for me i think that would be best to sum it all okay so preparation relevant themes coordination the right atmosphere and making people connect okay kojo how about you you from ghana what would you say ghana can pick from china from what you've observed let's say you had to be put on a committee to plan the next games i know in ghana they had you had the paralympic games a few weeks ago let's say you had to be on that committee and you had to give a few suggestions what would they be for the next games in your country i will summarize the lessons ghana can learn mm-hmm. from and these two points will be in the scale of preference. One is infrastructure and two, planning. Because without the requisite systems and activities, mm-hmm. football pitches, everything in place, mm-hmm. it will be difficult to start with a game. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a wake-up call for Africans and for that matter, Ghana, to learn from best practices. Mm-hmm. Because even... Some of the tours that we've been, we've seen some pitches, green grass pitches, mm-hmm. which are not occupied. Mm-hmm. So it means there are a lot of infrastructure facilities available. Sure. You understand me? Right. Unlike developing countries, you have the talent, but the infrastructure needs are very, very low. Right. So on a scale of preference, I think infrastructure is key to mm-hmm. me. I think that we can learn from. And then the second the final one is planning. Planning. Mm-hmm. Because when you have all this infrastructure, mm-hmm. then you can plan, plan. effectively and efficiently mm. for a successful tournament. Okay, so that Kojo Adams there from Ghana, he suggests infrastructure and planning that could be applied to, to Africa. Walter, what would you say if you had to be part of the, the ZIFA? Okay, for example, and you organizing the next games, what would be your contribution as something that you've picked from the Hangzhou games? My main contribution would be make it as seamless as possible. Okay. When someone elects to come for the games, uh-huh. take away all the burdens from them. All They're right. To, to just in, enjoy. just there to enjoy. Right. Mm-hmm. So create an experience for them, uh-huh. which means... I should put myself in the shoes of whoever of the... is going to be in attendance. Right, right. Sure, sure. I'm not doing the games for myself. Mm-hmm. I'm doing it for them. Mm-hmm. It is important that the experience has to be something that we'll talk about for for the rest of, you know, you you share with your, with your grandchildren. Mm, sure. Yes, yes, of we course. games and it was, it was something else. Mm-hmm. But uh, going forward, I would say, why not make Asian Games the foundation upon which we'll build future games? Mm. Meaning we'll start from there going up. Mm-hmm. It's a standard mm-hmm. we are starting from, not not their standard. We are the standard mm-hmm. we are we are pushing right, right. towards. But as a template, we are setting the bar higher. We are setting the bar higher than the Asian Games. Mm. Of course, we have to look at cost considerations and mm-hmm. all that. But I would say, so I think uh, we need a holistic approach. Okay. Going back to the root of what a person is, mm-hmm. so that they project themselves from within. I, I think we've, I've learned quite a lot in, in terms of uh, the organization of the Games. Mm-hmm. And you look at even the, the displays, right. uh-huh. they are unmistakably 
Chinese. Yeah, okay. With, with the Chinese characteristics. Mm-hmm. You don't want to have uh, games in, in Ghana mm-hmm. that mimic uh, maybe some Western trade what let some... let technology help you to amplify your culture mm, modernization with african characteristics that's the key okay so you just to voice again what you said you seamless and holistic approach with modernization with african characteristics okay many thanks again to you francis mtalaki from kenya koja adams from ghana and walter nyamkondiva from zimbabwe for sharing your experiences with us on the 19th asia games in China's Hangzhou. Thank you for sharing your expectations and what you thought of the city, what you thought of the games and sharing this with listeners in Africa and in China as well. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others. Post it on social media or leave a rating and review. Thanks again. See you next time.